love and prayers. Treading water that they drown in. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 177 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. Guys, we have a great show for you tonight. We have, for the first time ever, all four analysts, all four hosts on here at one time. So it's going to be a fun show. It's finally here, right? Like it's that episode of, of The Office where it's like, hey, it's happening. Like it's it's finally here. And we're super excited. You know, we want to get you guys into position to dominate your leagues. You know, we've been doing that all season long from all the way from rookie coverage into where we're at now. So without further ado, let's let's introduce everybody. Uh, John, back on the show. You know, we, we got all this all this news and I saw you. I saw some tears shed. You know, I, I looked at you right once we started. We're saying 2023 is around and there's guys getting hurt already. <laughs> OK, everyone, it's happening. Yeah, I've got the whole Michael Scott thing going on my end, too. I can't believe that football is going to be back on Thursday. I will say this, like before the season can even kick off, we got all these injuries to deal with, but we'll break that down. I'm really pumped, too. I'm going to be taking a road trip. I got one more draft coming up, home league. This thing's been going for 23 years, count them, 23. And so we're going in. We're going to watch the Texas-Alabama game in Tuscaloosa. We're going to do it upright, do an auction draft. So looking forward to that one. But I just can't wait for it all to be back and, and break it down here with with the Smash fam tonight. I love it. You know, you and I are the OGs. You t- you and I have been in leagues for 23 years. <laughs> Our other host, Snoog, hasn't even been in the world for 23 years. <laughs> right? I love uh, the balance. <laughs> welcome to the show. You know, I, I got to congratulate you, you know, for the, the guys that don't know. Snoog's going to be working with Austin Eckler. Just some some awesome stuff. Snoog, you got to be stoked and through the roof on that. Yeah, I'm super excited to start the next journey in my life, you know, working for a superstar in the industry that we like to tweet about and talk about daily. And it's been a big part of our lives. So I'm super excited to get to work with such an awesome person that's one of the smartest guys I know and just get to learn from him. And he's going to take me under his wing and hopefully I get to be the best person that I could possibly be. And hopefully it translates for our brand smash accept as well. So I'm excited. You, you didn't will. tell him how much you love uh, Jameer Gibbs. Did you? you know, like we we gotta you gotta tone it down a little bit. You know, you take some of that love back. And last but not least, my man Mung. Yo, right now we got all these all these injuries happen and all these you know changing our rankings, getting things ready. But we're finally here. I mean, people are messaging you, messaging me, everybody in here. Sit, start questions. I mean, we're we're finally here, ready to go. Yeah, already uh, gotten some sit-start questions, so it really feels like week one is around the corner. And uh, unfortunately, with the Travis Kelsey news, already had to do some swaps and DFS lineups for the first game of the year, which I wasn't expecting to do. So knock on wood, hopefully uh, not too many more occurrences of that this season, because even with injuries, even with all the chaos, I'm just excited that football's back. Yeah, and we're going to have you guys set up better than ever. We're, right now, we're, we're running, you know, our, our Patreon. We're going to be doing sit starts. We're going to be doing everything. You know, this is our first year doing this, but now you guys are going to be able to not just get, you know, weekly rankings, but you're going to be able to get sit starts. And all those questions for, you know, at minimum $5 a month, now you pay a dollar and a quarter a week to have you, you know, ha- have us help you out with your rosters. Who to start? Who to sit? That's the biggest question this time of year. Um, but, yeah, Snoog's revamping the, the Patreon 
I, I've seen the way the new discard looks. It is absolute fire. We're going to be releasing that by the end of the week. But without further ado, let's jump into some some fun topics. You know, the first one sent in from our Patreon, uh, from Glennie. He said, you know, with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, they're clearly tier one, right? Those are the guys that are are in a tier all by themselves. But there's some guys that, you know, he's, his question was, who has a legitimate chance to move into that area? Uh, Snoog, we're going to start with you. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of tweets from you re- recently. Is there anyone that you think going into 2024 has that ability to jump into that still, that Jefferson Chase elite tier? You know, every year we talk about who those guys are that might jump into that area. You know, we talked about Chase when he was there. Is there someone you think that could legitimately jump into that area next year? I think if it's going to be between anybody, it's between Garrett Wilson or CeeDee Lamb. Um, Garrett Wilson would have been in the same tier as Jefferson and Chase last year if he wasn't playing with four the four Stooges at quarterback between – I think they combined for like 15 passing touchdowns and like doubled their picks. So they were absolutely horrendous. Garrett Wilson was still a top five wide receiver since 2006 in most receiving yards. He was up there in receptions. And he was up there top five as well in targets all since 2006. So this is a guy historically unbelievable, even though he was playing in terrible quarterback play, which has proven in the past that it ends rookie wide receivers from having successful rookie years. So it was just super good to see that, especially being so high on him as a prospect. He came in, didn't matter the situation. He shined like a star, one offensive rookie of the year, and he's going to continue to build off that with one of the most talented quarterbacks in NFL history, Aaron Rodgers, who should be there for the next two years. So I'm expecting a massive year out of Garrett Wilson this year. And if he gets that top five ceiling, top five season this year, then he's going to take that jump and be that locked in wide receiver three in Dynasty. Yeah, and I think the other guy that deserves a little bit of consideration is C.D. Lamb. You look at what he's done since the, joining the NFL. I mean, 74, 79, then last year, 107 catches. Went from 935 to 1102 to 1359 for yardage, and then from five to six to nine touchdowns. I mean, he's ascending and now looks to be primed for another huge season. Mung, in your estimation, you know, we talk about some of these guys, and I know you've talked about Waddle. Are we talking about an area where we're literally just creating a subset, you know, of that tier one, tier two and three separate themselves? Or do you think any of these guys legitimately could move into tier one? I think there's arguments for a lot of these wide receivers, right? So that's one reason I don't think I would pay more on top of any one of these in this second tier um, to really move up unless it's a small amount. But the two guys that I really like, I mean, there's arguments for Garrett Wilson, obviously, as Stug said. I think there's arguments for Amon Ross St. Brown, Olave, C.D. Lamb. The two guys that I really like, though, are Jalen Waddell and A.J. Brown. And I think both of their dynasty values are pretty high, but still are slightly depressed because of the fact that they have a lot of target competition, right? Tyreek Hill, obviously, the 1A in Miami right now. And then A.J. Brown, even though he is the 1A in Philadelphia, Devontae Smith is a rising star who demands a lot of targets. So I think the general dynasty consensus is there's no way for these two guys to really have truly elite ceilings. And I I don't think that's true because when you look at Jalen Waddell's stats, I think he is a potential number one wide receiver who just needs that opportunity. When you look at last year, he was third in EPA. Um, He was top five in yards per route run. And really, when you look at what Tyreek Hill's been able to do, I think Waddle could replicate that if and when Tyreek Hill were to miss time, whether it's due to injury or off-field issues. And we know that Hill 
is a little bit older too of that elite redraft tier. And then yeah, when you look at age, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you're right on. Go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, when you look at A.J. Brown, you look at a lot of the efficiency metrics, too. And I actually wrote an article about him on Rotoviz just a few days ago about why he belongs in that elite tier in redraft for 2023. Because I think some people think he's older, but A.J. Brown's in his prime at 26 years old, even though he was in Tennessee for a few years. He's already had a season in, in Philadelphia. But at the same time, you look at his efficiency metrics and he was absolutely elite last year. The only thing he really missed was target volume. And we know that the Eagles have a tougher schedule this year, lost a few pieces on defense. So this is an offense that could be even more pass heavy than it was last year if they have to play to stay in games. So I think that both of these guys have elite ceilings and they're my two bets of who could potentially ascend into that elite tier. John, we have six or seven guys right now who are absolute studs, you know, and it's about to get even better. You know, everyone wants to talk about Marvin Harrison. He's the clear cut 101 when we're talking about, you know, one quarterback leagues and arguably the 102, 103 when we're talking super flex. How far off, you know, it is is he in this area? Like, how soon do you see him being in that that same conversation? Because this is somebody that's absolute special. I mean, we talked about even Jefferson as a rookie, you know, they're like, eh, where, where are we going to be here? Where's he going to be at? Chase, we're like, oh, he had that, that case of the drops. You know, Wilson, we're like, okay, he's got the quarterback. Marvin Harrison goes to the right situation. I mean, how close is he to these guys right now? I'm so excited about Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm playing my electric guitar, Austin Eckler style over here. Just having college football back on. I will say this. Ohio State got off to a little bit of a slow start, so he wasn't that involved. He fell kind of hard on one play, so they didn't really use him a lot. But that's just an opportunity to see if you can't sneak a few more early first if people think um, he's not legit because this guy's got absolutely everything. He will be the top wide receiver prospect coming out as like a rookie draft pick that we've seen. I mean, I hate to be too too much hyped here, but maybe ever. I mean, I'm trying to think of a situation where a rookie coming out would be this hyped. Even, even if you think about Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, yes, they were definitely prized rookies, but not hyped like this. Yeah. I think he's going to end up going 103, maybe even 102, uh, just at this point in time, competing with Caleb Williams and Drake May. But I mean, the guy's 6'4, 205. He's going to run in the 4344 range. He has the routes, the hands, the contested catches. You just can't – there's no nothing you can pick on in his game. He's kind of that well-rounded, similar to what we saw with Bijan as a running back. So I, I really think what we'll see is him come out. He's going to be valued in that same range, but those top seven, maybe top five. Could he get to the elite tier? I think he could, but the difference will be he's going to have to come in and prove it. His, his first season or two, he's going to have to put up, uh, you know, those, those top – stats right away to get vaulted into the upper tier but it could definitely happen right especially as these other guys start to get older so that's what you're investing in is a ceiling that could potentially get to that tier yeah and garrett wilson year one was the offensive player of the year you know and he was fantastic um mm -hmm. i want to look at a couple of trades because we talk about this you know we talked about it last year with kyle pitts we talked about it right after the rookie draft with Bijan robinson we've talked about it with a lot of different players people are saying yo dad i want to buy garrett wilson a and it's tough i mean the first thing i want to look at is we talk about insulated trades we talk about moving back snoog you are all in on garrett wilson the first trade i have in here is garrett wilson 
and a mid-24 first or Justin Jefferson? Everyone's asking, do I tear down off of Justin Jefferson to Garrett Wilson? This is one of those trades where if you don't believe that he is going to be Justin Jefferson, it is a very difficult deal to make. But everybody's asking, they're like, how do I get Wilson in an insulated trade? That's a tough one because Justin Jefferson's going to be the best wide receiver of all time, potentially. I mean, I, I've comped him to the Jerry Rice of my generation. I never watched Jerry Rice actually play. I just watched highlights that were recorded on a camera that probably doesn't exist anymore. John but and I are going to try to say that we only saw the Oakland Raiders Jerry Rice, but no, yeah. we, we saw him from the beginning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, Justin Jefferson's phenomenal. No wide receiver ever, 23 years old, put up 1,800 yards, and he – progressively got better 1400 1600 1800 he's going for that 2k title so he's the best wide receiver in football he's the best wide receiver of my generation that i've watched so, so no doubt my that, mind, it's where would that first have to gap. be for you like Probably that's the, that's five. the gap the top five john top five i mean i think if it's three you take a shot I don't know, John. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've dug a lot deeper in the class you know if you're looking at three you're either gonna get harrison yeah. or you're gonna get may looked phenomenal you know if mm-hmm. you got that four or five you're talking about those running backs for me if it's a chance for top three i might kick the tires but i would have to be rebuilding i mean justin jefferson is the truth you know if you did this two years ago and you bought chase you know you you, you made out but it doesn't always pan out mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that take it was if if you think it's a bottom three team and you're you're locking in top three i'd do it but outside that i don't know that i'd be willing to do it Mung, same thing. I mean, a guy here traded Jamar Chase for Garrett Wilson and Zay Flowers, who I know you're very high on. Now we have a guy. We know what his situation is. We know what Garrett Wilson is. Zay Flowers in that rookie year. Is this enough for you to make this move? These are all tough because we don't have the context, right? We don't know how many starting spots and scoring and all that. I think from a general um, value perspective, it's pretty close. I am very high on Zay Flowers. I think he could be uh, an elite superstar type level receiver and the clear number one in Baltimore. So for me, I think I do lean Wilson and flowers, but mm-hmm. if you're selling Jamar chase, I think you can shop him to the league. And then you tell that guy who offered you Wilson and flowers, like, Hey, I, I like both these guys a lot, but I have another offer on the table. I like a lot, whether or not you do, and you could get probably a couple seconds thrown on top. So I, I would at least try that. Yeah, and then we, we go into the buying, you know, from, from the ground up. I mean, right now it looks like it's three firsts to get Garrett Wilson, two and a half to get C.D. Lamb. I'm seeing trades here of like, uh, you know, George Pickens and two, two firsts plus a second. I'm seeing guys like Najee Harris, Brandon Ayuk, a 24 first for Garrett Wilson. I'm seeing moves like, you know, we, we look at McLaurin, Madison, a 24 first and a 25 first. You know, like Amon Ross St. Brown and a 24 first for Lamb and a 24 second. John, we, we talk about it a lot. We, like, we always want to tier back. At what point are we willing to pay up for these guys that are in that tier two? The Lamb, the Jeffers, or not Lamb, Waddle, you know, Garrett Wilson, guys in that area. Like, you want those guys because they're going to have the longevity. They're in that 22 to 26 range. But sometimes the juice isn't quite worth the squeeze. Yeah, you're looking at having to pay top dollar, but there is – a strategy around buying high if it's right for your team and you can mm-hmm. kind of work the other the other owner and kind of it's going to take a lot of conversations kind of trading values um, what i what i would prefer to try and do is if you have been contending and you're ready to kind of start let's all call it retooling 
you could make a bit of a splash trade, right? You're not necessarily full on rebuild, but you're going to dump some of your vets and retool, give it to a guy that might be sitting on Lamb or Garrett Wilson. You're giving him some assets that, and you're selling him on the ability to go win a ship. And you're getting somebody that you can really build out around for the future kind of cornerstone player. I've seen some deals get done like that. You could, you could be eyeing those kind of moves early in the season, especially again, if you think that you, let's say you've been contending, you roll into this season and you don't think you're top three anymore. I'd immediately start looking at who's your next cornerstone player to build around. And what are some deals mm -hmm. that you could put out there kind of changing of the guard? You know, you, you basically are like, Hey, I can make you the new number one guy in this league. Let's get a deal done here, but you're going to have to part with one of your, your key young wide receivers to get it done. Right. That's yeah. that's kind of stuff I, I think you could pull off. Right. Depends on the league. Right. And that's why it's been so big over the years, listening to the podcast, making sure you guys are are getting yourself ahead of the game, you know, assessing who these rookies are, what what areas you're going to move into, you know, because I think we've assessed these guys. We've showed you, you know, this is a guy you can buy here and make this kind of move. Now we have another good class. Next year is another good class. So it's a matter of the retooling, getting yourself set. Let's talk about running backs now. Let's move on. And our next question comes in is outside the top five projected running backs. Who's someone that you guys see could be the RB one overall. I mean, John, I'm going to, I'm going to start with you. You know, there's a lot of great guys out there right now. You know, you look at CMC's the one and Eckler's the two. Bijan's moved all the way up to three. Derrick Henry's in that four spot. I mean, who's someone outside that range where you're like, all right, this guy could be the RB1 overall in 2023? I actually think there's a very legit shot that we could see Nick Chubb take on the, the overall RB1. What's holding him back has really been his usage in the receiving game. But mm -hmm. I actually think and they've kind of stated they want to work him in more to the receiving game. Kareem Hunt isn't there anymore. Jerome Ford still seems like a bit of a project. I like Ford, but mm -hmm. I think Nick Chubb could get worked in and it, it'll definitely add. I think we're looking at 30 plus receptions for him this year. I think is a kind of a, yeah. an, an, an easy bet. And uh, he's great in the open field, right? Just just get him involved that way. But I also think that if I was you know putting a bet down, I think he's going to lead the league in rushing yardage this year. And they're going to lean on him heavily in the the red zone i don't think that we'll see deshaun watson a whole lot there i think they're going to hand the ball to chubb and we're looking at 13 plus touchdowns on the ground if he can put those kind of numbers up over let's say 1200 yards on the ground maybe maybe closer to 1300 um you, you're looking at potential rb1 stats there i really like what i what i'm seeing so far um just within the the fan base and the beat writers and everything else, just like all the arrows are pointing to a, a really fantastic season. So for those of you that are still waiting on drafts, I definitely like getting um, Chubb a little bit later compared to those other guys. So he'd be my, my, my best bet. If I had to throw one other guy in there, Tony Pollard would be the guy. Hey, I like it. You jump in. I, that's perfect. That's all right. Snoog, you have, you have it as, as Nick Chubb. John nailed it there. Let's talk about what it takes to get Nick Chubb. Like, let's say you're moving off of, you know, we want to move in that area off of the running backs where we're talking about, you know, Ramondre Stevenson. We're talking about, um, you know, a couple of, couple of guys in, in that Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins. You're in that area and you're not feeling super comfortable about those guys. Like, how much does it cost to move from them to Nick Chubb? And what would you be willing to pay as far as Nick Chubb in 24 first capital? 
Yeah, so if I'm a serious contender, I'm going on every single roster I have and I'm making that exact move because going from a guy like Damian Pierce to Nick Chubb or a guy like J.K. Dobbins to Nick Chubb, you're banking on a guy that hasn't broken out yet. So you're just hoping that J.K. Dobbins breaks out, which I do think he will. And I do really like Damian Pierce, but we know what Nick Chubb is. And if we truly play Dynasty in that three-year window and we're trying to win some serious money, then Nick Chubb's the go-to guy because this is a guy like John said. He was very good last year. He was like bouncing between the RB1 and 2 spot for a while until Watson came back, and that offense got real ugly. But I'm expecting Deshaun Watson to be at least better than Jacoby Brissett was last year when that Browns offense was really rocking, and Nick Chubb was the face of it. No more Kareem Hunt. That means more time for Nick Chubb on the field. So I think Nick Chubb, is there's a real world where he catches 40, 45 passes and rushes for 1,800-plus yards and maybe 15 touchdowns. So I'd give up a 24 first all day for Nick Chubb, and that honestly might yeah. be enough just to get it done because people see that 27-year-old name tag and they get scared instantly. Saquon Barkley's another guy that I think is super undervalued right now. Some people have him in that top three, top four range. He's my RB2 in redraft. I don't think there's anybody in the league as talented as Saquon Barkley. He's finished as the RB1 before, coming off the RB5 finish last year, 350-plus touches in an offense where Daniel Jones had 15 touchdown passes. So it was horrendous, and he was the face of it. Waller, Hyatt, offense is going to be spread out. Saquon's going to eat this year. So target both of those guys in Dynasty and Redraft. I'm looking at a bunch of trades here, and I want to get your opinion. I'm looking at, you know, Khalil Herbert in the 24 first for smash. Nick Chubb. You know, is that a smash, smash for you? Chubb. Smash We're up. Ramondre Stevenson in a 24 second. I'll take I'll take Chubb if I'm like a, if I'm like literally a piece away. Like if my running back's room is like that's the move that I know I will lock in some championship money, I'm gonna make that move. I'll overpay a little bit. Tom, what about the trade here? I mean, I see a guy, he said he's traded a 24 first and a 25 first. I know that's something I'm assuming if he's doing that, he's probably making that all-in move that you make sometimes where you're just like, you know what, this is that guy. Talk to. Are you willing to do that on Chubb or is this something we wait a little bit? We talk a lot about holding on to that pick. Would you be willing to throw your 24 and 25 first or are you trying to get a lot more creative and just make it one first? This might surprise some people, but I actually would do it if it's the piece you need to go win a ship. Uh, uh, what we're talking about is a very late first, hopefully like mm-hmm. 12th pick, right? And the the 212 as, a, as an add-in to get it done, sure. But you got to really be honest, like we talk about in the pod consistently, really assess your team, make sure that you do have what it takes because parting with um, your first two rookie picks is – is a pretty serious investment, but yeah, I think the answer is I would I would consider doing it in that scenario. I like it, Mung. Who's your guy there? I mean, we talked. I think I think Snoog might have. We have we have so many people on talking. You know, going back and around there. Who would your guy be that's outside that? Is it Saquon Barkley or is there someone else for you? Yeah. So the only pushback I would give is that Barkley and Chubb are up there in age, and I think they can be highly efficient and very productive this year. But I don't know that they have the potential to be that number one running back in Dynasty because regardless of what you think of them, they're already on the downside yeah. of that age curve. Yeah, And I don't no, think that the market's going to value them that way. Now. Yeah, we're just talking about for this year. Redraft, for this for right, sure, right, yeah, right. definitely. Yeah, Because yeah. um, right so, now, I mean, outside of outside of Hall, Gibbs, and Bijan, there's no one there that even has considered sure. that RB1. I just want to remind the listeners yeah. of that. So as, as excited as we are about these guys, I think – um, honestly, my guy is Brees Hall, right? Because a lot of people are nervous about Dalvin Cook landing with the Jets. 
but we're talking about an older running back who's mm-hmm. had his share of issues staying healthy, right? He's had a shoulder injury pretty much every single year the last three seasons. Um, he's been nicked up here and there with lower body injuries as well. And mm-hmm. Brees Hall was literally the most efficient running back in the NFL when he was healthy last year prior to tearing his ACL, right? Number one in juke rate, number one in yards per touch. I mean, top five in pretty much every single efficiency metric you could think of. And it's definitely going to be a split starting off. Um, Both of these guys have been in and out of practice this preseason. So it's going to be that messy 50-50 split. But by the second half of the season, there's a real chance that if they are in contention, which they probably will with that defense, I think Brees Hall is eventually going to retake that 1A position. And who knows, maybe Cook's the one who doesn't stay healthy as he hasn't been able to the last few years. And Hall becomes that near workhorse once again down the stretch because, hey, he's on his rookie deal. They don't have to worry about anything in terms of money, and they can just run him into the ground if they really are contending for a potential title run. I love that take because a lot of people, you know, have really soured on on Brees Hall. I don't quite understand why he was, you know, my dynasty RB two, and Dalvin Cook was inefficient, and he's had an injury history. You know, like there's this. A situation here where if Dalvin Cook goes down week four, that Brees Hall could get into that RB1 overall in dynasty type move, you know, and, and win you league. Mm-hmm. So absolute yeah. stud. I'll, I'll throw it in there too for you redrafters. I got Brees Hall last night in a draft in the fourth. It, this is this was a uh, one yep. QB, but you can grab him later. It's not mm-hmm. how you start. It's how you finish, baby. Having Brees Hall in the playoffs um, for that kind of value, worth considering. Yeah, I got it. My my son Matthew did his first ever one quarterback draft on his own. You know, he he was at the Scott Fishbowl. He loved it. He Crap wanted to do it. There. He yeah. had the 102. He got Jamar Chase. He got Waddle in the second round. Mahomes in the third. Brees Hall in the fourth. He's been listening oh. to Mung. He got an A plus grade on his Yahoo thing. He was through the roof. You know, so wow. Hey, get him started early. Let him have some fun. Uh, right. Going from from redraft into the next question that I get a lot, and I put a tweet out there today was who are those guys you're buying right now for rebuilding teams? We talk about our rebuilding episodes are one of our most popular today. I put out six rebuilding assets that I'm buying for September. I have Kyler Murray, you know, obviously where he's not going to be scoring you many points this year. You know, there's that rumor of him potentially because of the guaranteed money, not playing at all. Drake London's value for some reason just keeps getting further and further away from Garrett Wilson. I saw Garrett Wilson for Drake London in two first yesterday. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is not, the type of talent differentiated. Yes, Garrett Wilson got Aaron Rodgers. We hope that Drake London gets somebody next year. But like the value is just it's that that's what I keep screaming. (laughs) Like, could you imagine that? London and Pitts through the roof. Oh my gosh. Uh, I have Javante Williams on there. Start people are starting to come around a little bit, but he's still, you know, in redraft RB29. Jamison Williams, I'm seeing going for a 24 second plus right now. Like I saw him the other day, Alan Lazard in a 24 second for Jamison Williams smash that all day like alan lazard is not going to win you games jameson williams from week six on for me i love brock purdy and now i've come full circle on hollywood brown i've went from buying to selling i'm buying again like all of a sudden kyler murray who wasn't going to play the first half of the season anyways is not going to be there and now marquise brown is dropping below that first round value i i think all of these guys are are great guys to buy low and for one major reason, John, is I'm I'm making insulated trades everywhere. I am shaving points because it's collapse for Caleb season, right? Like Caleb Williams is that guy. He's just going to absolutely kill. We've been talking about it. We're going to continue to talk about it. 
can we file for trademark on that uh, collapse for Caleb? I like that. It, and we already saw this guy on display. He's just been absolutely torching defenses so far and doing things that, and, and again, I know I'm hyping up the class, but he's doing things I've only basically seen Mahomes do mm-hmm. in, in recent memory. Um, and, and so everything we've seen so far validates that you want to collapse for Caleb, get that one-on-one, listen to our pods that break down step-by-step how to go do it. I've seen nothing so far that leads me to believe. In fact, I think it's worth even more now because if people have seen it once again, it's fresh in their minds. So uh, John, I, that's what, what I was going to say. Gonna say. Is, yeah. The only argument I've heard is, oh, he's going to go to Arizona. It doesn't matter right now, right? You're you're just trying to get that player. You're trying to get into that area. He's going to be the talent. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had nothing around him year one, and now look where he's at. He's back into that area, which you know segues perfect into Snook. I want to talk about a question here that I got from another one of the Patreons. Is there's eight elite quarterbacks? I mean, especially once you start diving into redraft, you're like, I got to get one of these guys, right? Yeah. This is what I need to have. It's Mahomes. It's Allen. Hurts. Burrow. Herbert. Jackson. Lawrence fields you know and you know a lot of some people put in Deshaun Watson other people put in Anthony Richardson however you want to put it there's seven or eight guys right now that are absolutely elite quarterbacks my question and the question that I keep getting from people is we talk a lot about tearing down off of you know the the studs of Mahomes of Allen and Hurts down to Burrow Herbert these other guys are tearing down off of Burrow tearing down off of Herbert where can you make value right now from the quarterback position in the elite tiers and still stay where you're at. Yeah. So from a production standpoint, I've been finding myself really liking Tua. He's a bit riskier, but for a while I wasn't a big Tua fan, but it's almost like I would succeed in that offense playing quarterback for the Dolphins. Closing my eyes and throwing the ball up to Tyree Killer, Jalen Waddle. They added Devin Anche and they have a pretty decent offensive line. So he's just in a phenomenal situation and he he's he has a super accurate arm. He has a little bit of the deep bomb, and it's a yak offense. So the wide receivers are making plays for him and just taking advantage of just scoring as much points as possible. So, I mean, this is a guy that had 3,500 yards in, like, 12 games healthy. So he was on pace to crush probably 4,500 yards and throw for, like, 40 touchdowns. So he would have had, like, a top six year last year. With how the year went, Geno Smith was QB5. So he was probably going to be, like, QB3 on the year, which would have been phenomenal. So take advantage of something like that. and. I, I try not to tear off of those top guys. My, my big mm-hmm. five is kind of that Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow, Herbert. You could squeeze in Trevor Lawrence in there too because I think he has a legit chance at winning MVP one of the next what few if, years. But What about tearing off of, of Allen or Hurts down to Justin Herbert for it? That oh, absolutely. Mid-24 first. I mean – I, I know you've been really high on him. A lot of people really want to try to move down. And, you know, this is what we talked about last year where I was moving off Kyler to get Jalen Hurts. People were moving back. And that's literally what we've we've kind of prefaced at that quarterback position. If you can hit that, you're going to be huge. And for me, it's buying yeah. fields. I know for you, it's buying Herbert. John, I mean, if you're trying to move out of those big three, would you right now, if someone – you have Josh Allen in, in Smash 5. Mm-hmm. if if someone gave you Lamar Jackson in a late first, would you move that? Or Justin Herbert in a late first? Or or Lawrence or Fields in a mid first? Is that enough for you to move off of Josh Allen at this point, who's been QB2 or better literally every year? I mean, he's just been that good. Yeah, I, I would consider it. I'd be looking for those early firsts again. I think the mid first is interesting. I'm probably looking for another throw in. I think you worked that deal a little bit. But I think for sure, I mean, I think that we've heard from Mong here on the pod quite a bit. I think Lamar is going to, 
go nuclear this year. I think he could be the overall top scorer MVP potential um, with the new offense, new OC. So yeah, I would consider those moves. We talked about it a lot over the years, right, Dad? I mean, it's kind of something. Mm -hmm. I so if you know, if I had to fully answer your question, I'd tear down to that level, but it would be much harder for me. I rarely, if ever, come all the way down to the low QB one, QB two range. Mm -hmm. So it would have to be kind of a, a magical package for me to to. I want another QB in return that I can still build around. It's just too important not to have a a premier elite QB in on your your team if you're going to win a ship, right? Yeah. Let's say it's you know it's the 101 next year, right? So one of those picks is the 101. Yeah, now we're talking. Is it, now we're is talking. It, is it Dak in the 101 for Josh Allen, Bryce Young? You know, for me what I'm telling people is like I'm I'm willing to move off of anybody I'm willing to move off of Burrow, Herbert, Jackson, Lawrence or Fields for Kyler Murray and a mid 24 first because I I know Kyler Murray is ev it's not even a question. He will be a late first round pick, if not early second round pick. Some of these other yeah. guys, though, I mean, people are like, hey, I'd like to move to Dak Prescott, to Daniel Jones, to oh. CJ Stroud, to Bryce Young. Guess what? You try to trade one of those guys, go ahead, there, go out and kick the tires. Nobody wants them. Like as much as I like Daniel Jones or I like Dak Prescott, the trade value on those guys is next to nothing. I mean, so where is that line for you? Of I, I'm getting Caleb. I know it's going to be the 101 because this guy wants to buy Josh Allen, what quarterback would that be for you? Yeah, if I'm just kind of looking through the list, the guys I, I might um, come back to are just the, the current rookie QBs, Anthony Richardson and the uh, 101. Mm -hmm. I would think about that. I mean, maybe Bryce in the 101. You could just do so much, too, with Caleb Williams coming into town, right? You, you got to make sure that that's for sure the 101. Mm -hmm. You can't, you know, get too cute with it. I mean, we, we've talked quite a bit about all the Kyler trades, you know, so I'm, I'm open to the Kyler trades for sure. But below that, when you're getting into Dak, Deshaun Watson to a range, mm -hmm. I'm probably off of it. Well, let's let's talk here among I mean, you. You you segmented there into the rookies. I mean, you look at QB nine right now is Richardson. QB 11 is Bryce Young. QB 14, CJ Stroud and QB 33, Will Levis. So, I mean, Mung. Right now, people are asking, right? Like, we know the quarterbacks are like a 50% hit rate. Who's going to be it? You know, are we are we buying in Richardson after JT left? Are we buying that that's going to be more? Are we buying in Bryce Young, given the weapons, buying in CJ Stroud? We're in 23 right now, right? We're, we're like two days away. We're not talking about rookie drafts anymore. Should we be buying in on these rookie quarterbacks? Yeah, so I, every time I revisit my rankings, I'm more and more skeptical of Bryce Young. Um, because mm -hmm. one, we, we have the size concerns coming into the NFL. Um, that's something that's always played a factor in the back of my mind. And two, the more I look at it, he just, he provides no mobility and no rushing production. And when you look at the current landscape of fantasy quarterbacks, it, it's great if he ends up being Drew Brees, a, a distributor who's, you know, elite accuracy and, and can read the field, but that doesn't matter for us in fantasy. Right. I mean, we looked at super hyper efficient seasons, even from, you know, Matt Stafford a couple of years ago during that Super Bowl run. And he was what QB 13, QB 12 in fantasy, mm -hmm. something like that. And he had what close to 5000 yards and was close to, I think, uh, Brady with, you know, leading the league in touchdowns in passing touchdowns. And it just didn't matter that much in fantasy. So for me, I, I think that Young is in a different tier for me. 
Um, we know that Stroud has mobility, even though he hasn't really used it a ton. But I think that ability at least gives him some sort of production ceiling. So I'm still in on him. And, and I love Anthony Richardson. Again, I, I just think that from a coaching fit, from a scheme fit, landing with Shane Steichen, who helped develop Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, couldn't have been, you know, there was no better landing spot for Anthony Richardson than Indianapolis, given the surrounding positions. So, um, and then one other thing, uh, you know, I Snoob talked about my guy too already, but I, I've been out on Dak Prescott and I'm kind of back in because I was looking at his season last year and it was really a tale of two seasons because he was coming back from the ankle injury and then um, he fractured his thumb and missed like five or six weeks. But towards the tail end of last season and into the actual NFL playoffs, he started running again. And that was part of what made Dak Prescott really good in fantasy a few years back. And if we get, you know, five to eight runs from him per game, like we saw over the second half of last season, behind that Cowboys offensive line, adding Brandon Cooks, hopefully Michael Gallup's back healthy. I think I'm a little bit back in on Dak Prescott. I've sprinkled a little bit of money on him to win MVP too. Well, the, the value's there. I mean, he's okay. going to put up production. He's always been a, a QB1. With I'm with you with with Bryce Young because I I only have one share. You know, I've not been in there. And people are saying, well, I'm, I'm rebuilding. I'm going to flip this and that. I just looked on Sleeper, and there's been six trades in the last 48 hours where people have traded Bryce Young pretty much straight up for Kyler Murray. Some of them where they're getting – the one was Bryce Young in a second for Kyler Murray and Quentin Johnston. I mean, Snoog, like these seem like absolute smash accepts for Bryce Young. I want to hear what you have to say about C.J. Stroud because I know that's been your boy, you know, a guy that I was high on as well, who actually has looked pretty sharp. What are we willing to do with him? He's sitting right now at QB 14. Yeah, I like that price for him, honestly, to buy on rebuilding teams, especially because he's just a pure sniper in the pocket. I mean, this is a guy that sees the field well. He can make any throw, all three levels. Beautiful touch on the football. Probably the best touch I've seen out of a QB prospect coming out in a few years. I mean, this guy is just a ball placement specialist, like he said. He's, he talks about it, and he proves it. He had some phenomenal throws and just small glimpse against Miami the other day in preseason, finishing off strong after a shaky first game against New England. So CJ is a guy that is going to have to do more than what he should because of his situation. Like this isn't a guy that's going to be like Brock Purdy and throw in a George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, et cetera. This is a guy that's going to have to be better than what he is. He's going to have to get better. He's going to have to play good with what he has. And I think he can do it. Um, he might have yeah. a tough first year, tough second year and have that breakout in year two or three, but, this is a guy that I, I don't see him busting in any way unless they literally have nothing and don't give him anything to work with. Skeptical about, about the first-year defensive head coach and the O-line's a little shaky, and he doesn't really have a true wide receiver one at all. I mean, Nico Collins, John Mechie, Tank Dell, they're all great role players, maybe a wide receiver too, but definitely not a true number one option for him. So they're going to have to make things simple for him, and he's just going to have to use his brain and create with that ball placement specialist traits that he he has showed us so i'm all in on him in long term in dynasty perfect segue into the next part that people want to know about is we, we talked about there's those elite quarterbacks now we want to talk about those those potential breakout candidates those guys that are kind of in between i mean you you guys saw i've been all over purdy i mean look at qb6 overall over the final five weeks 
someone that over a thousand yards, 11 touchdowns, two interceptions. He looks like what we wanted a San Francisco quarterback to look like. So I'm all in on Brock Purdy at the current price right now. I'm seeing him a lot for late 24 firsts on contenders. Absolutely. Like I will, I will give a late 24 first for Brock Purdy now. And six months ago, not even thinking about it. Three months ago, no, I'm at a spot right now. John, I'm willing to pay a 24 first for Brock Purdy. The other questions okay. we have are, the guys that would you pay a 24 first? Because we get into this weird scenario, and I, I have a thread coming out of the guy's worth more than a second, but not quite a first. A lot of times you and I talk about that. That's a 25 first instead of a 24 first. But all these breakout candidates, Sam Howe, Brock Purdy, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, these guys that are potential breakouts, those guys that are on the cusp. Are you willing to pay a 24 first for any of them? And if you had to pick one between Howe, Purdy, Pickett, and Ritter, who's the guy that you think is like, you know what, in 2024, and even throw Jordan Love into that area. In 2024, we talk about these guys in a different light. Yeah, that's a tough one because I have those guys kind of in the same, a similar tier for this season. Uh, I have see them being um, worth next to nothing, and then you could see yeah. them. Because the draft capital, when you're looking at, at Sam Howe, Brock Purdy, is really low. The draft capital on Pickett, and, I mean, Jordan Love, I would right. almost There's consider it. It's similar like, vibes. A, such yeah. a range I, in out, a range of outcomes. Who's the guy? Put a put a uh, you know a John for Dyson me. Yeah, on there. for for me, I I I'm actually been buying a lot of Sam Howell, and okay. I think that he could potentially outscore Brock Purdy, maybe Jordan Love as well. I really love what Bienemy is bringing in. I mean, if you've watched it all during the preseason, he's just out there slinging it. They're throwing downfield like no tomorrow, and I think that. Um, that offense is going to be difficult to defend. There's really no defensive playbook yet against what Washington's going to be bringing with the enemy. And, and you love the I, tape, I, right? You love this tape in I, college. I mean, yeah, I mean big he, on how, and he just kept. Following. Yeah, he just he he's just one of those guys that the year before. I, I don't know if you're in Debbie circles. He was getting yeah. hyped, and and he just didn't um, quite get it done there at UNC, and his draft capital got hurt. So. I'm pretty big on Sam Howell. I mean, I think coming back to those trades with the 24 first, I think what we could talk about a lot, I'm probably still looking for a pick swap, get something back in return. And I think based on market value, you could still get something back there. But if you need a QB2, I think Sam Howell could finish in the top 20 this year, maybe kind of the mid-range of the QB2s. And that's what you're kind of looking for. Uh, and I think Kenny Pickett's more expensive. And frankly, I don't see him, I don't see Pickett putting up quite the same amount of points is Howell, Purdy, or Love this year. I do think Pittsburgh's going to take a step. So calm down, Steelers fans listening to the show. But I actually think those guys this year could out outgun, outscore um, Pickett and um, who's the other guy? Let's see. Jordan Love, Ritter. Jordan, all those oh, guys. yeah, Ritter. Ritter, I think, is going to – I think Ritter is still going to kind of be further down. In terms of yeah. points, I, I'm not sure he's the, the long-term answer there in Atlanta. So I, give me Sam Howell out of that group. Snoog, you love Pickens, you hate Pickett. Are we still in that same same area? I mean, Pickett is a guy that I a lot of people in the industry are really coming around as a, a potential breakout. I mean, would you pay a 24 first? Is he that area? Or are we just hoping that the weapons are, are what you know gets it done? Because Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, Ty, Pat Fryermuth, we mix in all those guys. He's got the weapons to, to have – right around him yeah so i've actually came on came around on him a little bit as well recently so 
I wouldn't say that he's a guy that I'm just absolutely not touching, but he's also a guy that I'm not going to pay the premium for. If I could get a good deal, I wouldn't pay a 24 first if that helps you get a understanding of how where I value Pickett. But he's just in a great system with a great coach. Tomlin's been so successful. His win percentage is phenomenal. He's playing with George Pickens, who's a guy that I just absolutely love as a player and I love coming out of Georgia. And Deontay Johnson, who's also a really good wide receiver. They have Allen Robinson. They have other guys, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. They have weapons. So he would almost have to be so bad to not do anything in that type of offense, regardless of if he's struggling or not. He also showed that he had a little bit of rushing upside. Mm -hmm. But Brock Purdy's the guy, and Sam Howell as well. Howell was so cheap. I was just drafting. The oh, my gosh. I have so much him. Sam Howell for that reason. I have, yeah. Sam, I have so much Sam Howell just because I literally was like, all right, there's nobody here. Taylor Heineke sucks. It's going to be Sam Howell probably. So why not just stash him? I was drafting him in like the 12th, 13th round in startup. Yep. So I just was smash drafting him everywhere, trading out of my way for him. And now I got people sending me like 25 first, <laughs> three seconds, mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff. So same That's thing done. with Purdy. Purdy's the best out of this bunch, best situation most chance to succeed but pick it how you can't go wrong with any of these guys because they got that strong arm they're mobile they're pretty good guys they they showed glimpses of talent last year and in the preseason so definitely take shots mung we're going to do a one word answer on this because i want to move to the next quarterback but how purdy or Pickett? pick one for 2023 dynasty purposes uh purdy love it now more important this is where we really go is is I like to move to this next area, you know, like if you're if you're in a rebuilding team, OK, it's all right to be in that area. But people want to move off of those elite quarterbacks. If you don't get one, the veteran values right now when we, we've been talking about of Goff, Gino, Rogers, Russ and Kirk Cousins. These are guys that barely cost you a 24 first. You can get a late 24 first and all of them arguably have Kirk Cousins. Let's just stop putting the disrespect on his name. He's a quarterback one every year. You know, Geno Smith is coming off QB five. Jared Goff was right there in the mix. Aaron Rodgers, I think is going to be on kind of an up yours tour. We talked about him doing that before, you know, Russell Wilson, wherever you want to be on that. But Monk, out of that group, who's the guy that you're trying to buy? You know, like which one of these guys, you have a late 24 first, you need a quarterback. Are you taking Goff, Geno, Rodgers, Russ, or Kirk? And I think we should almost take Kirk out of that. I don't know if you agree, because like Kirk Cousins just feels like every single year has been – it's like the James Conner of the quarterback position. We just say he's going to give you the value that's already there. But go ahead. Yeah, it, I think Kirk is fine for this year. Um, you know, He's going to finish where he always does, right? High-end QB2, back-end QB1. Uh, mm-hmm. The only concern is he's getting up there a little bit in age, and we saw the end come quickly for a guy like Matt Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. And Cousins also doesn't offer much Good mobility. Call. So that's the only thing I would caution uh, if you're buying Cousins long term. But certainly this year, I think he'll still help you win um, as a you know high end QB, too. I, I, I like both Geno and Goff for this year. Um, Geno Smith, I still don't believe in the resurgence per se. But again, it's kind of like Snoog's argument for Pigot, right? It's hard to see. Gino just completely imploding when he has JSN, Tyler Lockett, and, and DK Metcalf. Um, not to mention a strong run game um, mm-hmm. with two with two talented running backs to help carry the load. And then Jared Goff, really, it, it's Detroit's strong offensive line, right? Um, and once he gets Jameson Williams back, he gets that infusion of the speed. So I think both of those guys are fine buys for late firsts uh, if, if you're contending. 
great analysis. John, I mean, we're looking at, let's talk about the two that he didn't talk about, Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson. I mean, we all have pleasant memories of the not-so-distant future of both of these guys balling out. Both of them looked bad in, in 2022. Which one is going to break out and, and, and resurge back in 2023, if either of them? Yeah, I got those guys just outside my top 12 for this season. I do I do think um, Kirk Cousins could finish maybe in the t- you know, like 12th in that range. But yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's going to be there. I agree with what was said on that for this year. Um, Aaron Rodgers, though, I would definitely take over Russell Wilson for this season. And he's, by the way, in Dynasty kind of committed to another year after this. Mm-hmm. Who knows how long this guy might go. And they have all the pieces we already talked Hyped Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, and crew. Uh, so he would be my guy. I still have him on some contenders, and I'm pretty cool with him being my QB too. Um, I I will say out of that whole group, Jared Goff is considerably younger. I think he's young, like four years younger than any of those other guys. Mm-hmm. Still at 28, and there's still talks of him getting another contract potentially. Mm-hmm. So um, I think in for dynasty, I I would consider um, Goff amongst that crew. I mean, he's got the draft capital. He's always been there. I mean, we talked about yeah. Sam Howe was your favorite of the the rookies or the the younger players in that area. And we're talking about Jared Goff's your favorite in here. I mean, if someone came up to you right now, how close is that for you, Jared Goff versus Sam Howe? Yeah, I, I think that um, it, it's pretty close for those two guys. I, I like both of their situations as well, the offenses, et cetera. Uh, I, might, I might just slightly lean – Goff there, but that one's really, really close for me. I have those guys pretty much kind of dead even um, in in dynasty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a tough one. I will say this: um, I guess that the the market is ripe for Jared Goff as much as I'd put him higher in dynasty. I'm act- I just sold him in a late 24 first for Justin Fields. Like I was pretty proud of that. Wow. I'm like Jeez. taking. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I was you, super you, pumped to get another Justin Fields share with that move. So. I guess some people like Jared Goff out there. You want to tear into that area. Uh, Snoop, so Brock Purdy, you and I are all in on Brock Purdy right now. But if you're buying right now, are you, you know, you're a contender right now. Would you buy Purdy over Goff, Geno Rogers, the other guys we're talking in that area? It's it's close, like like John said, but I think I, I'd lean um, Goff, Geno Smith, and Kirk Cousins. Those are the three guys that I have at the top of this tier, just because they're all like five, six years younger than Aaron Rodgers in phenomenal situations. I mean, Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins are throwing a two top five receiving course in the NFL right behind the Dolphins, the Eagles, and the Bengals. So they, these guys have the chance to finish top 10 easy again this year. They were like QB5 and QB6 last year, coming off great years. They're in that that prime age for a quarterback to have like another really solid season. So those are two guys I'm buying everywhere. And I think I have one rebuilding team across 30 dynasty leagues. So the, my mentality this year is just I'm going to win as much money and I'm going to win as many leagues as I can. So my tradition and my my way of kind of going about that is drafting my Justin Herbert and then taking my Kyla Murray and then going and taking, you know, Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Like in Smash Except, I have pretty sure that lineup. It's Herbert, Geno Smith, and Kyla Murray. So I have Geno throwing up 25 points a game for the next few weeks until Kyler Murray's back. So that's my strategy of how I approach that kind of veteran group. And I'm just taking advantage of crazy production from those guys with how cheap they are. So 
I'm with you. Let's move on to, and I've been throwing out there as a contender, a lot of my contending teams and John's as well. We had Tom Brady, you know, and mm-hmm. right now you might not have that QB three Matthew Stafford. I have bought three times this week for 25 Jeep. seconds. Super I mean, cheap. Jimmy you know, G like, too. yes, yes, there is that kind of scenario where even Ryan Tannehill, if you guys need that that service of a guy who's gonna get gonna start as long as he's playing, I think Matthew <laughs> Stafford could easily put up those same numbers. But anyways, he can't really relate to the young guys, so you know that that's a little bit of a different scenario. Going similar type thing we just did with the quarterbacks. Let's talk about the tight ends. I mean, Travis Kelsey right now, obviously injured. We talk about possibly hyperextended his knee. Outside of the big seven, Mug, you know, we, I mean, you talk about, I just did my redraft home league, you know, and it really, it, it falls off hard. It doesn't, in Dynasty, we always have, oh, yeah, I can buy, I can, you know, invest in Laporta, I can invest in Kincaid. When you're talking about 2023, it's tough. I mean, once you get past those top six or seven guys, and we're, obviously we're talking about Pitts, we're talking about, you know, uh, Kittle, Waller. Uh, we're talking, you know, getting in that area of Dallas Goddard. Once those guys are off the board, who do we invest in? I mean, like, who's that guy? You're still trying to win. Who's a tight end that you're like, okay, I feel pretty comfortable with this guy, you know, because that's that's the biggest differentiator between the Kelseys and the Mark Andrews and the, those top six or seven. Now all of a sudden, it drops off pretty far to your your Evan Ingram's, your David and Joku's, all the rest of the guys on the list. If you don't get the elite guys, who are you going for? Yeah, I think if you want um, early season wins with Cooper Cup out, we see Tyler Higby's target share and volume yeah. generally rise. Um, so I think I'm he's good. probably the best target for immediate um, help, amazing. assuming you missed out on those tight ends. Um, for a mid or later season push, I, I'm kind of back in on Zach Ertz, uh, assuming he's back healthy uh, for much, much of the same reasons that people like Michael Wilson and Marquise Brown, right? We just expect this Cardinals defense to be so bad that this offense is going to get pushed into um, catch-up game scripts. And I do think that whoever the QB is, whether it's Tobbs or Toon or somebody they roll in off the street, uh, you know, they're going to check it down to Zach Ertz. Yeah, John, I mean, same kind of question is we always try to assess who that guy is going to be, like who's someone that we can buy on the cheap. I mean, I've been getting Evan Ingram on the cheap. I've been getting David mm-hmm. Njoku on the cheap. Who are some other guys yeah. that you're like, this is my guy. For me, it's David Njoku. I think David Njoku has the the talent yeah. and the situation with Deshaun Watson where I could easily see him being over 10 touchdowns, and I love him as my back-end tight end one or my tight end two. Yeah, and I, I so I Njoku for me as well, I but I, I find myself getting a lot of Pat Farmuth if I miss out on the yeah, early wave. Why is he so I, cheap? I, I like couldn't believe it. Like, like it crazy, like he, I got him in a redraft last night, in fact, and it was like a full three rounds past his ADP. <laughs> like the right. entire league, you guys, nobody here likes Pat Farmouth. I'll take him that late. And, like, I was shocked yesterday how, how asked me, was. Yeah. Michael Mayer in a 25 third or Friermuth. And I'm like, we've already seen it from Friermuth. Like, why are we trying to go that direction? You know, like that, yeah, that and that's, that's bizarre I will say, I do think it's fine with, I like Evan Ingram and Njoku and then the Higby. Those are the guys. I will say this though, just like grab the guy that's the cheapest. Like if you miss, mm-hmm. just wait, fill out your entire starting lineup, all your flexes, and then come around to one of these um, guys, because one of those guys is going to be a value there um, at late in drafts. So I think that's probably a smarter move and just mm-hmm. beat them at the other positions. Right. Yeah. And Snook, same kind of question. I mean, we're looking at like, do you go down as far as the Dalton Schultz, the Cole Komets, the, 
the Greg Dolchich, who I, I've liked. I mean, how far down are you willing to go? And if you don't get on one of those elite guys, you just wait as long as possible. Yeah, I like Cole Komet a lot after Tyler Higby, like Mung said. He, he covered that well, but Cole Komet's a guy that had a phenomenal year last year with Justin Fields. I think he had a top seven year, and he was like 22, 23 years old as a tight end. So he's not really being talked about enough, and he built that connection with Fields. I mean, they were making some crazy plays together, and, and that's an easy outlet for a quarterback that's young especially, and that kind of struggles a little bit in that passing game. If if there's anybody that he can rely on, it's a safety blanket tight end. That's actually a really talented tight end drafted in the second round. The NFL liked him a lot coming out of Notre Dame. So this is a guy that can do it all. He's like big 6'5". He can block. So I really liked him last year. He scored a bunch of touchdowns. So he he's one of those guys that I've been trying to buy everywhere, and just especially in best balls. I've been drafting him with like George Kittle and Tyler Higby. Like that three stack is just beautiful for me. And I think it's going to really work out well for Cole Komet, and he, he could cement himself as the number two option right behind DJ Moore. Among there's four tight ends in this class that we love. I mean, we love Musgrave. We're, we're big on Mayer. We're big on Laporta. We're big on Kincaid. And a, a lot of people are saying, hey, you know, like I'm still trying to compete. Are any of these guys going to be ready enough that they're going to produce tight end one numbers? I mean, I love Dalton Kincaid. That's the only guy for me that I'm comfortable in that area has him as my tight end one. But great prospects. Should we should we be looking for anything in 2023? Yeah, I actually made a bet with my co-host on my redraft podcast um, that Sam uh, Sam Laporta is going to be a top ten tight end in Week One against the Chiefs. Um, and the nice. way I'm looking at it is, I, I went back and looked at Goff, and even though Hawkinson didn't do a ton with him um, back with the Rams. Goff checked down a ton to mm-hmm. Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett when he was in LA. And when you, if you combine those two guys' stats, uh, it, it was a legit close to top five um, tight end production in fantasy. And all offseason, we've heard the beat reporters say, you know, even as a rookie, Laporta has solidified that number one tight end job because they don't really have anybody else. So it's by default. But I think he has the talent and the athleticism and he showed flashes in college where he can be just a a PPR machine. So um, with Jameson Williams out the first six weeks, I think that Laporta could get off to a real hot start. And I actually um, have him ranked above uh, Dalton Kincaid and redraft. I think all four of these guys are nice dynasty buys. I mean, I want to talk about some trades here because people keep asking. I mean, John, I I saw two separate sets of trades, right? All involving the rookie tight ends and Kittle. It was Sam Laporta in a 25-second or Kittle. Who do you take out of that? Okay, um, I'm I'm good with investing in Laporta there. I know there's some big Kittle fans here, but uh, this this tight end class was pretty special. I, I and I, I I really love Laporta and Kincaid. Yep. I'm kind of and then on I'm the, on the flip side, that. Mm-hmm. is Kittle in a 25-second for Kincaid? So I guess would you rather have Kittle? Kittle. Would you rather have Kittle at this point and a 26 second, Kincaid or Laporta and two, or sorry, Kittle and a 25 second, Kincaid or Laporta and two 25 seconds? It's, it's tough. I mean, because I'm in so many contending rosters, like I'm just going to be loaded up with a lot of George Kittles. You know how much I have, but Travis Kelsey, I hope yeah. he's good. Uh, so I'm just having a hard time with those moves. Um, but in my. going to be a beast. 
Yeah, he, he, he really is. I think he's definitely going to eat this year, but I mean, these guys seven years difference in age. So, I mean, if you um, are in a situation, I'd be trying to get a first thrown in, but I do like Laporta and Kincaid if you're investing in these young tight ends. Uh, but man, it's, it's, it's going to be hard to trade off Kittle and a lot of the rosters that I'm putting together. I'll just put it that way. Love it. You know, th- this, this tight end position, I know Snoop, you were yelling Kittle there as soon as I said it. I mean, yeah, th- there's definitely value to be had here, guys, as far as looking at the, the veterans, right? Cause if you're on a contending team, yeah, you want Waller and Kittle. Absolutely. If you're not, you're trying to move off of those guys, you know, and I'm, I have a couple rosters. You guys know, I almost have a hundred percent exposure to Darren Waller. And it was a matter of like, Hey, people are coming to me and they're like, I'll give you Laporta for Waller. You know, you try to move into that area. There's definitely some value to be had, and I'm sure we'll yeah. cover that on more pods. We almost hit that one-hour mark on on the nose. But, guys, this was fun. Like, this is the first time we've all been in the room together, you know, metaphorically, all kind of chopping it up. Uh, John, what's what's one thing you're most excited about for this week? Like, one thing you want to see, right? It's here. It's finally yeah, here. I, what do you want to see? It's so, so exciting this time of year. Everybody's undefeated. Everyone has like the perfect roster. But the one I'm most excited about is Bijan. I just yes. cannot wait to watch Bijan in action for Atlanta. You guys know I love him. We got the, the signed helmet here right behind me. Just watching this guy, one of my favorite players ever coming out of college. That's my my top one for this this week one. Uh, Snoog, I mean, what's what's that first thing? Week one, we're finally here. You know, your your first year on the show. What's the thing you're most excited about? We could go with two options here, but I'm just gonna go with the one that's one and a half days away, and that's the guy hanging up on the wall next to me, Jameer Gibbs. I can't wait to watch him just yeah. absolutely torch the Chiefs on Thursday night football. I've been saying <laughs> this for months now, Dad. Yes. You know it. I put my bets in. I got everything locked up. So. I'm going to be a sad man. Don't don't text me or don't at me if Jameer Gibbs has a bad game. <laughs> Mung, what about you? Same question. What are you excited for, man? It is officially Devon A-Chain season, kicking off week one with no Jeff Rookie Wilson, uh, going against uh, what was a bottom five Chargers run defense last year, and specifically really bad against outside runs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Miami really excels at stretching defenses with all the speed they have. And there's a real chance that A-Chain could start his NFL career with 150 yards and two touchdowns. What do you got against my Chargers? I'm going to get the boss on the phone. Chargers are catching strays out here. Sticking with the same position for me, it's J.K. Dobbins week one against the Houston run defense. I think he's going to absolutely go nuts. And also for the Patreon, guys, join now. Get those sit starts in. I have 36 DMs today alone from sit start questions. Like you guys are just inundating me. Guys, join the Patreon. It's a lot easier. We're going to start putting our rankings so you guys can kind of put it together a little bit. This is that time where it's like, hey, we constructed these lineups. We took all the care the entire offseason. Let's go out there. Don't get cute week one. You know, sit back, watch the game, and enjoy the process. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, yo, I said it backwards. That felt so weird. <laughs>